Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Win Pod Repeat, Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington, coming at you live from Charlotte, North Carolina, Washington, D.C. Uh, Spencer, how are you? How's it going? I'm good. The Red Sox are hot. Um, so hot, kid. So hot. They're so hot. I mean, it, it's ridiculous how hot they are. Like, this is what it's all about. This is the time that you just coast and, and enjoy your team being amazing. Like it, it doesn't way, get better than this. Can we can we just remind the masses? All right, John Heyman. I'd like to specifically remind John Heyman, who on May eighth tweeted, "Ha! Huh, can't believe I thought the Red Sox were a playoff team." Uh, well, John, I hate to remind you, there are 162 baseball games, and at that point, there had been 27 baseball games played by the Boston Red Sox. Again, when you tell everybody it's a long season and you sound very redundant and it's like, it's a long season. <laughs> Look where we are. Look where we are. Generally not good to make long-term judgments on 27 games. Just like no. generally not a good thing to do. Um, no. We didn't need any more, you know, reason to not buy anything that John Heyman says. But if we did need it, we have it, you know? Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, even like like Bill James is out there tweeting like it's getting harder to, you know, defend the Boston Red Sox, which again, when you start 10 and 19. It was. Understandable. Very hard. Trevor Story was not playing well. The rest of the lineup besides Bogarts, JD, and Devers were not playing well. But, you know, it, it was one of those things where when I think, well, a couple things. I think when you have a manager like Alex Cora that understands, you know, hey, how to keep... I think keeping a locker room settled, right? Keeping everyone, hey, listen, it's a long season. We know what we're doing. We got to fix things. We got to fix. Um, seeing how they adjusted, going from you know really leaning on their bullpen to you know leaning more on their starting pitching, they they adjusted, and then everything else kind of came together. I mean, you're starting to see Vasquez and you know JBJ's on a skid, but Jaron Duran coming up. Like there have been so many role players that have been coming up. We're talking about that over and over again. Um, but this is the team we expected. I mean, this shouldn't be like we can sit here and talk, and we will talk about how great this team's been and how you know certain guys have been performing as well as they've been performing. Um, but none of this should be surprising. When we went into the beginning of the year and we talked about the standings and what they were going to be, this is where we expected the Red. I mean, we didn't expect the Yankees to be what they're doing now, but we expected the Red Sox to be at the top of the American League, which is at the moment where they are. Yeah, I mean this. Right. This is where we expected them to be. We didn't expect it to go this route where they yeah. suck at the beginning and then they get extremely hot. We thought it'd be a little bit more consistent. Um, but, you know, at least I got to a point where they were losing and it was like, damn, maybe I was wrong. Like, maybe this they're actually this bad. You know, maybe the bottom of the lineup with Bob and Jackie and Christian Vasquez just can't hit and Verdugo just can't hit. And Trevor Story just is not a good fit. Maybe his elbows still hurt. Maybe we only have three good hitters on this team. You know, that's kind of where you had to come to. We didn't expect Chris Sale to be hurt now as long as he is. We didn't, you know, we didn't know the bullpen was going to be terrible at the beginning, but we thought it might be inconsistent, and it kind of still has been. But, um, you know, then they start to put it together. Trevor Story gets hot. Christian Vasquez gets hot. Jaren Duran comes up and, and gives us a spark plug and, you know, they've been taken off from there. The rotation has been incredible. Like, the best in baseball this month has been the Red Sox. Um, and we're getting guys like Josh Winkowski and Michael Waka. Rich Hill, can we give Rich Hill a shout-out? We haven't talked about him, like, all year. Because it's just like, yeah, Rich Hill is our fifth starter that goes, you know, every fifth day. And he's fine. And he's been rock solid. If we didn't have Rich Hill, we wouldn't be where we are. So... Yeah, I mean, listen. Shout out uh, Dick Mountain. Yeah, it, he's been, I mean, last his last start was his best start of the season. It was unbelievable. Uh, watching his, like, 67-mile-an-hour curveball just absolutely baffle Cleveland hitters yep. was beautiful. There's, there's nothing short of, like, watching Pitching Ninja, like, tweet it out and just seeing, like, this big loopy thing just going in there. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't, cool. it defies physics. Yeah, you know, it's it's truly like the art of pitching. Like you don't need to just blow guys away. Like there's there is an art to it. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah, Rich Hill absolutely deserves some love. 
listen, it was, you know, a little up and down there for a while for Rich, but if he does what he does, which is, you know, you give me five or six solid innings every night, give up two or three runs, pretty happy with that from Rich Hill. Yeah, absolutely. You'll take that every time out. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, obviously, a lot of great guys in the lineup. We didn't even mention uh, the incredible John Schreiber, who we'll, we'll get to in a moment. But just looking at this this team as a whole and looking more big picture, the American League, with the way the Red Sox have been playing right now, right? We're talking about a team that is now 19-5 and five in the month of June, uh, for the record. Uh, two more wins. So they have two more games this month. You win tonight as we're recording this podcast, and you win tomorrow on the 30th, or the 29th, rather. Uh, would tie the record for the most wins in the month of June by a Red Sox team ever. Uh, ever. It would also tie the mark set in 1901 for the best winning percentage in June ever. So you're looking at a Red Sox team. 1901. I mean, that's literally like when you talk about the modern era of baseball, that is when the modern era of baseball, that is as far back as baseball reference goes, is 1901. as far back as the Red Sox go. We can't go. There's there's nothing further. Yeah, that's it. It's literally the greatest Red Sox June since their existence. Uh, So after a month like that, obviously, there's two more games. Two more games against the Toronto Blue Jays, a very tough team and a very impressive lineup. Um, but where do you where do you rank the Boston Red Sox in the American League right now? Uh, I mean, if you look at run differential, they're top three. If you look at standings, they're top three. Um, and who's the only two teams that you would not feel the most confident against right now? Probably the Yankees and the Astros, even though we would feel confident against the Yankees because they suck and choke in the playoffs. Um, yeah, so it, it's crazy that they're top three. In the American League right now, we were pretty far behind the Blue Jays and the Rays, you know, at, at multiple points, and we were behind teams like the Twins and the White Sox and the Angels. Um, it's it's pretty insane. We we had the fourth best run differential in baseball yesterday, I think. Then we lost by five, so we fell back a few spots. But to be top five in the whole league is insane after this start. So, yeah, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to give a hot take and I don't, I don't love being the hot Uh-oh. take guy, but I feel like I have enough evidence to back this up. Uh, now I'm going to base this off of, remember when we talked about this last episode, people forget that, you know, we had a shortened spring training. You had, you know, guys like Trevor story that came in late signing a deal, um, you know, with all the craziness of the lockout, April doesn't count in my opinion. You know, you had teams that were amazing, like the Angels, and then the Angels remember that they were the Angels. Uh, you had teams like the Red Sox that forgot who they were, and then were like, oh, shit, we're actually one of the best fucking offenses in baseball, um, and we have a bunch of great fucking players on our team. Right now, in this moment, and I hope that Scott Walshek is going to listen to this podcast, um, <laughs> I am putting... In my American League power rankings, I know that usually you go one, two, three, four, but I'm giving a 1A, 1B to the Red Sox and the Yankees. I'm putting them right here on the scale. I am fully confident if the Red Sox, which who, by the way, in July have seven games against the Yankees before the All-Star break, so I can talk the talk and the Red Sox can go walk the walk (laughs) in terms of the American League. Because the Red Sox, I know that, you know, obviously Yankees fans will remind us all that as the Red Sox have been hot, they have literally gained no ground on the Yankees. Like since May 10th, the Red Sox were 11 games back or 10 and a half games back and are now 12 games back, I believe, right? 12, 11 and a half, something like that. 12 now, yeah. 12 now after the loss last night. So let's check. I have the standings right here. They are indeed 12 games back. 12 games back. But like the, the thought is, is that since May 10th, the Red Sox have gone effectively toe-to-toe with the New York Yankees. Uh, and again, the Yankees this weekend proved that they were human going 16, 17 innings without a hit. Without That's a hit, bad. Spencer. That's the Red Sox bad. haven't done that. The Red Sox haven't done that. So what makes you think that the Red Sox can't go and beat the Yankees in a series? Because might I remind you, uh, Nick Pavetta – has been one of the hottest pitchers in baseball. He's better than all of most of the vaunted Yankees rotation. 
Um, if you're looking at Nestor Cortez lately, who I am because he's on my fantasy baseball team, he's been, been looking good. pretty human lately. Yeah, yep. not so much Super Mario, more like regular Mario. Maybe maybe some like Got Luigi it. energy. Yeah, very like very maybe actually not Waluigi energy. We're gonna give him that. We're gonna not even get him okay. one of the brothers. We're giving him yeah, that's what we're giving. Him. Uh, listen, Garrett Cole, stupid name. Like you said, you texted me. You were like, "Who spells Garrett like that?" I never really like thought about it before, and then I like I spelled Garrett regularly, and I was like, "I don't think that's how he spells his name." And then I looked it up, and I was like, "That's so dumb! Like, who does that? Idiots! Yeah. Idiots do that." Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, aside from the you know bitterness of that, um, yeah, I mean, look, the Yankees are—you can't take away from the Yankees are doing this year. Like, what they are doing is incredible in the pace that they're on, but. It's it's like we're gonna like the the narrative has been oh the Red Sox have been great but they're still you know twelve games back of the Yankees and it's like yeah they're they're staying twelve games back of the Yankees while the Yankees are doing what the Yankees are doing like I don't I think I don't think that should discredit the Red Sox if anything that should bolster what you're thinking of this team right now because they are going toe to toe with the best team in baseball yeah I mean the Yankees have been hotter for longer but over the month of June you know we've been right there with yeah. them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even really like matter at this point because they're both going to make the playoffs yep. and it just kind of matters from there because, oh God, uh, is that yesterday or today? I'm just watching a Vladdy Dinger. I'm hoping that's, yep, that was last night. All right, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's um, good. Crisis averted. Anyway, where, who was I talking about? <laughs> Are you talking about how both teams are going to be in the playoffs? Yep, sure are. And, you know, the Yankees are jokers. We know that. We've seen that the last two times the Red Sox have played them in the playoffs. And um, if I was a Yankees fan, I would have no faith in them winning the playoff series this year. And, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, okay? Because, like, the Yankees did end up winning that weekend series against the Astros this past weekend they were dangerously close to losing that series. And if you think that the Red Sox are at the level of Houston, which I think they are, then the Red Sox can go and win a series against the New York Yankees, which is all you have to do in October. Like when you're looking at the teams that are going to be in the playoffs right now. So if you're looking at like the American league, so obviously it's going to be the Yankees. It's going to be the Astros. It's going to probably be the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and then some mix of, the Twins, the White Sox, Guardians, or Rays. It's probably yep. your field there. When I'm looking at teams that I think can beat the Yankees, well, we know the Twins can't beat the Yankees. Like, that's not even, like, it doesn't even matter who they have on their team. Can't beat the yep. Yankees. Throw them out. White Sox, can't do it. Have no faith in the White Sox, who, by the way, are playing about as well as the Baltimore Orioles right now. Uh, yep. So, gone. Out the window. Oh. Cleveland Guardians, listen, they've been a really fun story, and I like them, but seeing their pitching against the Boston Red Sox, like you can't throw Aaron Savale out against that Yankees lineup. You're, you're going to get buried. Like they have some dudes, but they don't have enough guys to do it. I don't think. Um, yeah, I don't Toronto, Toronto, I, I think I would put Toronto in that conversation of a team that could potentially compete with them. That lineup is so good every yep. night. They could go bang, but I would say, yeah, I would say the top four teams in the American league, the teams that I would be putting my money on to go to the world series Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox, Astros. I think those are the four teams in the conversation. Yeah, I think that's smart money. Um, but I think the Blue Jays. Much... Oh, no, 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 I'm just rambling. All right. Well, the Blue Jays, they just have that offense where they can go on that run that they went on last year in August, yeah. where it's just like, oh, shit, the Blue Jays are turning it on. Yeah. And I mean, they have some rotation issues right now. They really do. Um, High Engine Ryu got hurt one year too late uh, for my liking, but uh, he's out. And Nate Pearson is also dead. So their rotation's looking a little shaky. Uh, Jose Barrios is getting lit up at this point. Like he's Which, like, you know, causing them you, to lose. Yeah. So that's disappointing because you got to think like you're thinking whenever you think playoffs, you're always thinking three man rotation, right? Like you can do it. Right. If you had, you know, you have Gossman who's been unbelievable, like losing yesterday. I was like, okay, the Red Sox, Kevin Gossman is fucking. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Alc Manoa, unbelievable. 
having a great year. Um, if you had if you had Barrios pitching like what we've seen from Barrios in the past, that'd be pretty scary. Yeah. I'd be feeling pretty confident. But you're right with Ryu Instead out. Instead, they have, have Ross Stripling. Hey, another great pickup on my fantasy baseball team has really been contributing. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, he's, Being he's absolutely right serious. Now. Yeah, yeah, he's hot right now. But like you said, I don't, I wouldn't trust Ross Stripling in the postseason. No. So I mean, he wasn't even in the rotation to start the year. You know, he was. Yeah, I wouldn't just start it away, much less the playoffs. Yeah. So and that's going to be the problem with Toronto is they like the Red Sox have guys that are coming back. You know, they're going to get Evaldi back. They're going to get Sale back. They're potentially going to get Paxton back. For the Blue Jays, you're not getting Ryu back. He's not coming back. You're not getting Pearson back. He's not coming back. You're hoping. Barrios figures it out. You don't have as many options. That's what makes it tough. I look at a team like Houston. Their lineup's so impressive. They got a lot of guys. Their pitching's unbelievable. I mean, they're not yeah. unbelievable. They have Irritation a lot of really solid nasty. guys. Yeah. Um, you know, and so realistically, it's those three teams. It's going to be the Red Sox, Yankees, Astros. In my opinion, obviously, it's baseball. Anything can happen. Um, but. You know, I think you you have to have the Red Sox in the conversation of a team that can go beat the Yankees in a series because they've proven it during this this stretch. Yeah, we're certainly going to find out if that's true over the next month. So. Yeah, so. All right, well, we'll get to see, and we'll get to talk more about it, uh, but we're going to move on. Um, now, I was out playing adult league kickball yesterday uh, in the pouring rain, mind you. I had a really great Fernando Tatis slide into third base. I felt really athletic. It was incredible. Oh, wow, that's uh, aggressive. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, we're, we're going hard. Uh, <laughs> we still lost. Drink like tequila with water, too? We did. We did, in fact, drink tequila with water, uh, which now we is well-known within the kickball circle. Uh, yeah, I'm known as a psychopath in the, the kickball circle, in case you're wondering. Right, good for you. Yeah. They're like, like uh, one of the guys looks at me, and he'll always be like, is that water? And I'm like, no. And he's like, that's what I thought. It was a doubleheader yesterday, too. Hey, uh, whatever, you, uh, whatever you want to be known as, Sam. How, whoever you want to be in that kickball. I'm building a brand. You know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You understand. <laughs> but moving on, because uh, there's no tequila on today's show. Only Red Sox. Um, I missed it, obviously, playing kickball. But Connor mm-hmm. Siebel, first start of 2022, second career start. Uh, obviously, was very roughed up, seven earned runs, three home runs, but did get some love from David Price to Alex Cora at one in the morning saying, this kid is good. No, I didn't watch it, so I'm throwing this to you, Spencer. What we see, what we like from our guy, Connor Siebold. Yeah, I'm not a big uh, David Price guy, but I got to agree with him on this one. Um, his changeup is filthy. His changeup has really great movement, and he was getting good swings and misses. He had, I don't know, there was a stat out there. But it was a bunch. I don't have the number, but it was a It bunch. was 20 swings and misses, in case you were wondering. Um, pitching there you go. Out, he's the first misses. Red Sox pitcher with 20 swings and misses in a game this year. Damn, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, very impressive. Yeah. So, you know, he gave up, you know, hit, hit the slider. He kind of hung to Springer, and then Vladdy just crushed him. And then later, you know, the game was kind of already over because we weren't going to score off Gosman, but he gave up some more runs. That's going to happen. The Blue Jays are a really good lineup. You make mistakes, and they're going to punish them. And it's what, like his fourth start, like Second. overall since no, but since coming off the IL. Oh, I think, yes, fourth their fifth yeah, start. You are correct. So you know that's it, it's going to happen. His stuff was good. That's what we want to see is is good stuff. Yeah. Um, and so like he's an option going forward. He's yeah. He's depth. It's good to have guys like him, like Josh Winkowski, like Cutter Crawford, who you kind of have as that depth, who you can either trade if Chris Sale actually comes back healthy or, you know, is going to be pitching innings for you down the stretch if he doesn't, if Nate doesn't come back, if James Paxton doesn't come back, which is James Paxton dead? I'm pretty sure he's dead because I haven't heard his name in a really long time. Yeah, I haven't either. Because, like, I mean, obviously you're hearing things about, I mean, they really said, you know, August for him. And I don't know if it's because the focus has purely been on sale. Um, but we have not heard a lot about his rehab, which like you said, is not, doesn't fill you with optimism. Like, you know, you're hearing about sale making his rehab starts and mm-hmm. like his return is on the horizon. Like right. 
realistically probably after the all-star break but that's less than a month away um yeah so so, i think we should probably go ahead and assume he's dead yeah and you know from a from a boston red sox perspective i think you understood that that was a very real possibility when you signed him like i don't think this is like oh no like our plans are ruined like it was like okay like we can get him back great if not then you know we're hoping that by you know august we have guys like Cutter Crawford, like Josh Winkowski, like Connor Siebold, who we can trust to come in and fill if we need them to. Yeah. And, I mean, hey, if we get James Paxton starts in late August and September that are really good, that's just a nice surprise. You know, you didn't yeah. plan for it. No, absolutely. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the way I view James Paxton right now is he's really like the icing on the cake. Like, would it be really great to have a guy like him available right now? Yes, absolutely. But you know what's better than that? Chris Sale who we are yep. for sure getting back, who obviously you're going to make him sound oh, better. Wait, 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 don't yeah. say that. Don't, don't fucking jinx him. Yeah, you're right. There. Hold on. He's going to tear his UCL in his rehab. Sorry if you jinx him like this. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's so skinny. It's just like something might break. I don't know. Fuck. Michael Waka is looking uh, pretty rough tonight. Uh, pretty rough. Listen. Three uh, runs already. We, we knew that that, uh, that luck might wear off with Michael Waka. He's been we great, did. but... You know, there were a lot of indicating numbers that, you know, he was getting crushed and not giving up big hits somehow. So, yep. yeah. So, well, we we'll have big hits tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're going to ignore that. We're going we're gonna to just move on. Uh, Let's talk about the good stuff. Jared, yeah. Like Jared Duran. Jared Duran. There you go. Fucking, you know, I feel like there was a part of the year where we were wondering, like, when the fuck is Jared Duran going to get up? And he's finally been up consistently. Uh, and he has not disappointed. He was really great over the weekend. Uh, obviously, cannot be in Toronto because he is unvaccinated. Um, but Connor uh, Jared Duran, yeah, listen, uh, not great. Uh, hmm. But what do we, you know, besides you know questionable life decisions? Yep. How do we feel about Jared Duran? I mean, he's made the most of his opportunity so far. Yeah, we feel great. He's a spark plug. I mean, that's what this lineup needed at the top because, you know, we had Kike there for a while and that wasn't helping. And then Trevor Story was there and he didn't like really hit well out of that spot. And I don't really even remember who was in that spot before Jaren Duran and like after Kike. Yeah. I really did have Verdugo there last year. (laughs) Yeah, that didn't work either. Um, He's fast as shit. And, you know, having that guy at the top of your lineup who gets on base and is fast as shit just causes problems for the other team and starts causing havoc where you start cashing in with Devers, JD, and Xander. Um, So, I mean, it's weird that none of our outfielders trust him to catch a ball. That's kind of a a weird sideshow. But other than that, really great having him up. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Bradley just rolling over and be like, no, get get the fuck out of the way. Every time. What are you doing? And like Verdugo yeah. too, it's, it's weird. And then and then the player almost did it, <laughs> and the yeah. wrestler let him catch it. <laughs> I was, but uh, guys, I'm he like, can, he can catch the ball. It's not crazy. We gotta we gotta let him learn. Listen, you gotta yeah. He's he's out there. He's fast. He can get to the ball. So yeah, yeah. I love him. And like you've already seen the effect of when you're fast, like you force guys to make mistakes because when that ground ball's coming to an infielder, they know they have to get it out fast. There's no taking your time. Uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, he's a guy that if he can be consistent, I'd love seeing him at the top of the Red Sox lineup for a long time. Really would. Uh, you know, just wouldn't hate week. it. I mean, nope, wouldn't hate it. Um, the interesting thing to me that this is the dynamic that this has opened up is obviously Jackie Bradley has you know, the, the streakiest hitter in all of baseball has gone back from being really good to back to his normal form of being really bad at the plate. Um, and obviously, having a guy like Jaron Duran does, in fact, open up the possibility of, you know, you don't want to DFA a guy like JBJ. You'd like to be able to use him as a potential trade piece in a trade deadline move. For example a team that doesn't necessarily need offense, but does in fact need a defensive outfielder, the Philadelphia Phillies could be a team though with the recent news about Bryce Harper. I don't know how much 
buyers they'll really be. I mean, Jackie Bradley wouldn't really be buying, but for a guy like Heim Bloom, who, you know, got uh, Connor Siebold and Nick Pavetta for Heath Hembry and Brandon Workman off the Phillies, uh, I could see Heim, you know, eyeing a low-tier guy in an organization and making a move for a guy like Jackie Bradley when you, you know, at least get something for him. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, clearly you can take advantage of the Phillies when you're trading with them. Um, they've made that clear. But if you're the Phillies, you've gone all in for like four years now. You have no choice but to continue going all in. So you have yeah. to make every possible move. As far as I'm concerned, anything you get back for Jackie is a win. Like, Absolutely. I expect him to get DFA'd at some point. I expected that when they traded for him. Um and, you know, it's looking more and more likely once Kike comes back and we're back in places that don't require vaccination, um, yeah. we're going to have a logjam in the outfield. And yeah. Jackie is the weakest link. So it's uh, it's coming time for that. I it's will sad because Jackie, yeah. you know, he's a great guy. We love him. Great uh, defender. But we have better players on the roster. We already said goodbye to Jackie. So it's not like, exactly. you know. This is a significant departure. I will say, I already consider that trade a win because of how good Alex Benellis has been in the minors, and he tore it up in Greenville, and he just got promoted to Portland. Um, he's been unbelievable, and he was unbelievable at the combine last year. He was a guy that I thought dropped in the draft, um, and it feels like the Red Sox felt that way also. Um so yeah, Definitely. like you said, you know, it'd be interesting, especially if the Red Sox end up being able to trade Jackie Bradley for like another prospect, it would be very interesting to see the aftermath of that trade. And, you know, because again, these are like the little moves that, that the Red Sox have done really well under Hein Bloom. Very, very Tampa Bay Rays, like if you will. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Isaac Paredes uh, since yeah, he's going been to the Rays. Off the ball. And Austin Meadows, since being in Detroit, has been terrible. And I just want to know, like, what witchcraft they're doing in Tampa Bay. Cause oh, it's, it's very dark. Absurd. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, I don't, it's like, yeah, listen, I can talk about my dark magic out of the park Miami Marlins team, but nobody's going to understand besides you. So, no. I digress. Um, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't hate having Hunter Renfro around still. He's got a 115 WRC+. Um with the Brewers in 217 plate he appearances. Was great so he's, yeah. he's still still doing it. I'm yeah. a doubter, but which, uh, he's still doing it. Yeah, which again, you know, I mean, that's huge for a Milwaukee team that that's, you know, really what they, they need offense. to be competitive. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the value there was great. It made sense for Milwaukee. And, you know, in theory, you know, will maybe make sense for Boston because they've had so many guys in the outfield, but... Um, we'll see. Your boy Verdugo just got robbed, by the way. As he does. All the time. All the time. All right. Every time. That's it. That leads me to the topic. Alex Verdugo. I know he just got robbed, but dude's been hitting the cover off the baseball, all right? We're talking about a guy that's hitting around 300 since middle of May. And listen, when he homered in Cleveland, you heard it. You saw it. He goes, boom, I'm back, baby. Let's go. Now, I'm an Alex Verdugo fan club president member, uh, you know, lead uh, Alex Verdugo cheerleader. Um, you, on the other hand, are known Alex Verdugo doubter, um, chasing the man out of the beautiful city of Boston. So I'm going to ask you, because I'm going to get an absolutely different opinion from you. Is Alex Verdugo back? No. No! Nice. No, he's not back. He does this every like once in a while. He gets hot for like a week or two, and um, this is this is the Alex Verdugo experience. Is you keep he keeps making you think he's better than he is, but he's not. He's just an average left fielder. He's run of the mill. He can be replaced. He's like he's not special, and yeah, it's just like. He's fine. I'm rooting for him when he's in the lineup. Like, he's part of this team. I want him to do well because that means the Red Sox do well. I, you know, I wish him success through the rest of this year, and then I will see him shipped off somewhere else. Listen, 
I don't know how to tell you that you're wrong and that you're just not, you're not appreciating. You do know how to tell me I'm wrong. You do it all the time. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're not appreciating the essence that is Alex Verdugo, the artistry, uh, the energy, the atmosphere, just having Alex Verdugo in that clubhouse just provides the vibes. Oh, the vibes, God. The energy. clubhouse vibes. Wow, great. That's what we're building a team off of. Absolutely. Clubhouse awesome. vibes. Well, um, when, also, you're, when your vibes remind you, suck, then, you know, you'll have a great baseball team in your hands. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Not <laughs> only me. are me. the vibes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, not only are the vibes, but uh, the dude has been ripping the baseball all year. Like, he, lots of hard hit baseballs and expected slugging that's significantly higher than his actual slugging. And I know that eventually you reach a point where we hear that over and over again and, you know, you start to not really believe that that matters. But seeing the way he's been hitting the baseball lately and seeing the fact that he's finally getting those hits to land. Um, and also, the thing I've loved that I've seen Alex Verdugo doing a lot lately, he actually did it like five times in one game against Cleveland on, I believe it was Sunday. He went to left field five times, just right against the shift, just slapped it the other way and like just doubles down the line. So he's starting to adjust himself a little bit to, you know, because shit, man, I'm smacking the ball, but I'm smacking it right into the shift. So what's that going to do me? Give me more Alex Verdugo love. And listen, when the shift's gone next year and Alex Verdugo is still a Red Sox, despite what you say, it's going to be even better. Maybe not a 300 average season this year, like I predicted, but in the future, you're going to be in. You're going to you're gonna come on this podcast in a year, a year from now, June 28th, 2023, and you're going to go, Sam, I was wrong, because Alex Verdugo is going to be hitting 302. Mark my words. I mean, he might be hitting 302, but it won't be on this team. Nope, I'm feeling <laughs> I, I can't. I don't even have, like, an argument against it, because, like, obviously, like, I, I don't know what the Red Sox are doing. I don't know what their plan is. Uh, I do. They're trading him. Um, yeah? Yeah, so... Sam, you want to know what Alex Verdugo's WRC plus is? Listen, I know it's below 100. I know it's like 86, it's, right? It's 89. That's yeah. 11% below average. You know who has a and higher? It's on the way up. It's WRC increasing. Plus? <laughs> Do you know who has a higher WRC plus? Who? Franchi Cordero. Why are you hating on Franchi Cordero? Franchi Cordero. I'm not hating, but using Alex Verdugo a... should be better than him. Listen. What's, do you know, what is this, do we have like a WRC for like the last like month and a half? You know who has a higher WRC plus? Who? Jalen Davis. Jalen okay, Davis how, in his many, four plate bats? appearances, in his four plate appearances See, has a 191 WRC plus. Jalen Davis should be count. on this team right doesn't, now. No, missing Alex no, Perdue. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't even count. Doesn't. <laughs> that no. counts. Listen, where's it at? I'm pulling up Facts. the numbers. I'll see you missed the Trevor Story dong, so. Ah, oh, damn. All right. Since May 26th, Alex Verdugo is hitting 319, Spencer. 319. Since when? Since May 26th. That's 28 games. So he's had a good month? He, yes, he has. He's had, had a good month, month before. Nope. He's had it. a good two months before. Mm-hmm. And then he always returns to who he is. So, forever the doubter, forever the doubter. I know I can't change your ways, but I just want you to know that I'm not Red a Sox doubter. Nation, I doubt certain players, organizations. Yeah, and, you're a, you're an Alex Verdugo doubter. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yep. that. that if I'm penciling you into a corner, it's Alex Verdugo. That's who you hate. Yep. But it's fine because I have enough love for Alex Verdugo. I don't hate him. I just doubt podcast. his abilities. You just doubt him. That's fine. That's fine. So, uh, moving on. The trade deadline is coming up. <laughs> I'm a little fired up now. Uh, but I thought it would be fun because, you know, Jim Bowden and the Athletic proposed some trades that the Red Sox should potentially consider. So, Spencer, I'd like to propose these trades to you and get your take on what you think of these trades. Mm -hmm. Now, are you ready for me? I'm ready. 
Okay, so number one, uh, Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds. So the Reds would give us Luis Castillo. The Red Sox would trade Nick York, Chris Murphy, and Jeter Downs. Nope. Decline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We're not trading we're, Nick York. We're hitting. Well, exactly. Like, and I'm okay trading Jeter Downs. If we're going to be entirely honest, take him. Absolutely. That's fine. You can yeah. have two, but you can't have Nick, Nick York. It's, it's not happening. No. No. And, I mean, I think that's, first off, I know Luis Castillo is a good pitcher, um, but it just feels like a lot to give up for Luis Castillo. I agree. Um, now, I will say, as much as Jim Bowden did suggest this, he did also say that he would not accept this trade, which to me questions the entire And exercise. why are you – yeah, like yes. what? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but he also said, like, if you're the Reds, you would demand, like, Tristan Cassis and nothing else. And I'm like, well, then you're definitely not making that trade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are we doing? You can go fuck so. yourselves, Reds. Mm-hmm. So, okay. The next one, which I find a little more reasonable. The Tigers would trade us relief pitcher, closer, Gregory Soto. The Red Sox would trade Brandon Walter and Wickelman Gonzalez. I definitely said that name wrong, but... It might be right. Who knows? I don't. Yeah. Um, that's a big decline. Um, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I just, like, first of all, just the name value alone. I was like, Gregory Soto? I don't know of him as being, like, really good and then i went to look at him on fan graphs and he has the 267 era wow that looks really nice and shiny then he has a 343 fit which is just middle of the road for a reliever and a 463 x fit uh, i don't want any part of that i don't believe that he would be any better than our current options so no That's thank interesting. you yeah and listen it's a good point because when you're talking about the Boston Red Sox and how they're going to be operating, they're going to be thinking the same way you are. Yeah, I mean, but like these stats are, they look like Sawamora or someone like that. Yeah. Like it's not mm-hmm. special. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. And also, and, like he's doing halfway decent on the Tigers. Like, cool. You're when not you come on the Red Sox, you're pitching. Exactly. So, yeah. I will say, so we'll move on to another reliever who is far more intriguing to me, partially because he's not a free agent until 2027. That'd be the Pittsburgh Pirates reliever, David Bednar. Now, the proposed mm-hmm. trade here is David Bednar to the Red Sox in exchange for one Bobby Dahlbeck. Yeah, that's uh, I'm kind of torn on that one. I know David Bednar is pretty good, but... He's also a reliever, and you think of, like, the potential that Bob has. Um, but then there's also, like, the possibility we're coming to a point where Bob's just, like, a bench right-handed bat, and you would trade that for a high-leverage reliever. So I feel like I'd probably do it. What are your yeah. thoughts? I, so, in my opinion, yes. I think you do this. Um, partially because, like, when I'm thinking about the Boston Red Sox, and I'm thinking about who's waiting in, in the wings, and you have – you know, one Tristan Cassis waiting there. And obviously there's sure the DH position and the idea of JD Martinez not coming back next year. Um, but in a perfect world, you know, you, you resign JD Bogart's endeavors because they're all amazing this year. Um, and I believe in all of them to come back and contribute next year. Um, mm-hmm. You have David Bednar who's been, I know, you know, again, it's the pirates, same kind of deal with Gregory Soto, but David Bednar has been impressive. He's controlled. Like he's actually good. He's not like yes. just having a decent year. You know. He's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I just I, the thing I think would be drawing to the Boston Red Sox and Heim Bloom is the fact that he's not a free agent until twenty twenty seven. So absolutely. just having that guy, in, and even if you know he comes to your team and he ends up not being a closer, I mean, he's a guy this year that would be great to you know. I mean, you hope that. I mean, John Schreiber's been amazing. And I really think that he'll continue to have a really great year, but having more guys like David Bednar to get in there in case, you know, maybe you want to move Schreiber into a lower leverage role. If he can't handle that, um, if you need to move Hauk somewhere else, if there's injuries in the starting rotation, gives you a lot of flexibility. And again, that control, you can slot him in in the future as a guy, you know, that's a value reliever in your bullpen. 
Yeah, the more good relievers you can get in to replace guys like Hansel Robles, um, the better. And replace yes. guys like maybe Jake Beekman or, um, yeah, I don't, fucking Ryan Brazier. He's still on this team. Why is he still on this team? Yeah, like, please get someone else on this team. Listen, Alex Cor was trying to hype him up the other day because he's had like a good little like stretch, and like he's like, yeah, like we've seen him, like we saw him do it last year, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, did we? we didn't like you know the fit was, was not the, the entire time yeah and yeah it's yeah it's not it's not good and realistically we're not trusting we Ryan Frazier yeah and we can't trust Matt Barnes to ever come back and be anything again that's like a gone forgotten remember gone. Matt Barnes when he was good that was a time that was wow that's right when we first started this podcast he was good yep. and then it was downhill from there it is yeah gave him a nickname and everything sure did all right, next one. Uh, listen, Phillies fans remember his name as the guy who signed with the Phillies, got hurt, and played 10 innings over a uh, two-year contract with the Philadelphia Phillies. And that's one, Roger. David Robertson, uh, Team USA reliever, now coming back with the Cubs. Uh, a guy who, you know, potentially could be, I guess, another, you know, more value guy. Um the trade would be the Cubs sending us David Robertson and the Red Sox sending uh, Christian Koss. Yeah, I don't really know who Christian Koss is, so go for it. <laughs> there you go. That's that's kind of how I felt about it. I was like, he's. It feels like the Kyle Schwarber trade, where you were like, uh, okay, yeah, like, fuck it, why not? I won't forget about. Yeah, I won't remember this guy. Um, yep. And so yeah, David Robertson. You know, obviously he's a guy that went through Tommy John. Um, but let's see. Hold on, I'll pull up the. The official numbers on David Robertson for this year. He's had a 186 ERA in 26 appearances, nine saves, a 0.93 whip. His FIP is a 3.34, so obviously not super impressive, but still fine. Um, a 2.28 ERA plus. I'm sorry, I'm not on Fangraphs. I'm on Baseball Reference. I don't have his XFIP. Um, That's all right. And, we'll forgive you this time. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, I mean, giving up Christian Cost to get that. Absolutely. It's different than, you know, the Gregory Soto of giving up, you know, Gonzalez and Walter. It's just a different value to it. Right. So, all right. Uh, two more. So we'll do these rapid fire real quick and then we'll get into our last segment here. Um, Josh Bell, obviously former pirate, been talk of a lot of trade conversation to the Red Sox from the Nationals. Red Sox, which send um, Brainer Bonacci, Bonacci, I don't know how to say it. I'm pretty sure uh, that's how to yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, why not? We need like a first baseman that uh, you know can hit. So yeah, that would that would be helpful. Josh Bell has a one. Holy shit! I didn't even like pay attention to this. He has a one forty four WRC plus. Can we sign hey, this man today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like lock it in. One fifty five OPS plus eight eighty two OPS. Yeah, eleven homers. Yeah, he's with two point eight WAR. Yeah, that's okay. insane. Yeah. Yep. Where's time, time up. His career. Yeah. Listen, he's he's already matched his what was his career high with the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2019. He had a 2.8 WAR, uh, and he had a 3.1 WAR with the Nats last year. So yeah, uh, you're getting Josh Bell just at the right time, peaking at the right time. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, yep. and we get one more year. Moves, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, and another thing that Heim Bloom and the Red Sox like it's not just a rental. So. Yep. All right. Last one, and we kind of already touched on this. Jackie Bradley Jr. going to the Phillies uh, for Jordan Byers. Beers, Byers. I don't know. I didn't look up any of these names. Ton of pronounce. No clue. Don't know who he is, but uh, sign me up as long as they're paying the rest of Jackie Bradley's salary. So, Jordan Byers. We're just committing to that saying that name. He's the twelfth overall ranked prospect for the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, lefty, 18 years old, was a third-round pick last year. He was also a third-round pick in 2021 that we traded for, one Alex Vanellis. Uh, so just saying, nice. maybe something there. Um, they're saying estimated time of arrival, about 2025. So he'd be, a, you know, a, obviously a guy that we'll see in the future. Uh, yeah. At high school, he was a commitment to Nebraska. His stats this year, he's 6'4", by the way, big boy. Um, he's hitting 231, so not great. 675 OPS. Um, yeah, hasn't been great, but it's only been 11 games so far in 2022. 
Um, so I'd assume he's been hurt. I'm not seeing anything on his profile about him being hurt. But um, sounds like a lottery yeah. ticket, and yeah. I will take but a lottery like ticket. Bradley? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Listen, good frame, a lot of potential, lottery ticket. Boom, sign me up. So, all right, we just we just did the Boston Red Sox trade deadline. They're going to trade for Josh Bell, David Bednar, and Jordan Byers, and David Robertson. Yep. Boom, I'm blue. You did it. So, all right. One last segment on this podcast, and then we'll uh, we'll get off. Um, listen, we're already at forty five minutes. We're we're rolling today. We got a lot of stuff. A lot of Actually, content. Yeah. So, all right. So you brought this topic up, and I'm like, holy shit, this is fucking awesome. This is a great thought. Obviously, if you weren't like completely living under a rock, you all saw the Mariners uh, Angels brawl. I mean, like, and when I say brawl, like, it wasn't just, like, benches cleared and pushed and shoving. Like, there were punches being thrown. It was thrown. legit. There were, there were multiple scuffles. You had Jesse Winker uh, giving the finger as he's walking out. Boom. Send him. Uh, they just handed out suspensions today. Jesse Winker got seven games. Phil Nevin got ten games. Like, the ML, like MLB threw the book at him. Yeah. That was, I mean, fuck Phil Nevin. Like, yeah. fuck the pitcher, too. And Andrew Wants, is that his name? Yeah. Like, throwing behind Julio Rodriguez and then if that wasn't enough then he actually hits like Jesse Winker that's that's bullshit yeah but like also I mean it's not like 100% intent but fuck the guy who almost hit Mike Trout in the head fuck that yeah no listen uh you know these are both teams in the middle of very disappointing seasons just you know giving us a reason to care about the Mariners and the Angels right now they're just blowing off steam you know Good on them. So, all right. So you proposed this question to me. And so I've had some time to think about it, but I'm going to propose the question to you first since I'm now proposing the question. Um, ALE's teams, who do you who do you want to see in a all-out brawl? Um, I have a feeling we're going to fight the Rays. Um, okay. You, you never think of the Rays, you know, you're like, well, the Blue Jays and the Yankees, those are like our toughest competition. We're totally going to fight them at some point. The Rays always end up being that team that fights. It's just like their scrappy nature. Like that's just, it's in the Rays DNA to fight. So like, that's definitely going to happen. We've played them in the playoffs last year. We have that history with them. Like I could totally see Randy Rosarena starting a fight or like even Wander Franco could, you know, um, Mm -hmm. And like from our side, you got to pick Verdugo as starting the fight. Like you, you just got to pick that. Um, I agree with that. Um, unless it's like, imagine if like Rich Hill started a fight. That would be amazing. Um, Bro, that'd be like that'd be some serious like old man get off my lawn energy though. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, especially like especially like you said, if he like got in a fight with like a Rosa Reina and uh, Wanda Franco. Who, by the way, again, Rich Hill former Tampa Bay Ray would be even better, but then also yeah. fighting guys that are literally half his age would be yeah. like, I don't, I'd be like, what am I watching on television right now? Um, the other guy is uh, Robles. You could totally see him getting into a fight. Like he's just kind of like a cocky asshole as it is. So um, yeah. You know who I think would be funny to watch in a fight? Cause he totally in my head is a guy that's like never been in a fight uh, is Matt Strong. Like tall, skinny, long hair guy, and I'm like, he'd definitely like run out there and then touch nobody. Like it would just yeah. be like a like, yeah. Or he'd be the guy that would be like, like you know, like the kids that like you knew really didn't know how to fight because like they put their fists up, like they were fucking Popeye, and you're yeah. like, you're listen, you're gonna lose. I don't know the time. Yeah, um, maybe Matt Strong could prove me wrong. Love guy, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, listen, the fight I want to see, and I can picture it in my head. It's incredible. We're getting Blue Jays, Yankees, Alec Manoa on the, on the mound. Absolutely plunks Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge has just had enough. He's coming to the mound. We got like 6-7 versus 6-6. Two massive motherfuckers just absolutely going at each other. That's what I want. Because like what's more important, what's most important to me about fighting. You like watching right? dudes go at each other? Absolutely. That, is that what I heard? Fuck you. You're, uh, you're you're ruining this for me, but you can't you can't ruin this for me because again, logistically, Spencer, when we're talking about a fight, the best fights I think about I think about uh, David Ortiz going at um, Eric Gagne, I think about uh, Bryce Harper fighting uh, what's his name Hunter 
Strickland, Hunter Strickland. Um, what a fuck. What a fuck. But the best fights start when like the batter's like, I've had enough. And like, they have enough time in that moment to like make a run of the pitcher and like get Picado. some swings in before. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Before it gets broken up. So to me, I want Aaron Judge, like full sprint at Manoa. And I want to get that like, like the five seconds of just like absolute chaos of like just the two guys like swinging at each other before like everybody else gets in the mix. And like, you're talking about dudes like Vladdy getting in the mix, George Springer. I want to see Charlie Montoya out there. I picture Charlie like trying to like keep the peace. I picture like Booney trying to like break it up, but really being actually ineffective because like that's what like Booney in any key situation because he's is an ineffective manager. Absolutely. Yeah. So it would only be fitting. Like it would be incredible. Um, oh, Josh Donaldson too in that. Oh, you know he's yeah. trying to fuck up a motherfucker. Yeah. He's, yeah, I he's feel like it's much it. more likely to be Josh Donaldson than Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is kind yeah. of a bitch. So I don't yeah. really and see him getting in Josh the Josh Donaldson feels like just he's an Stanton angry man. probably could too. Yeah. Stanton would probably like pull his hamstring though, like charging the mound. So True. We kind of need that to happen though. <laughs> that would how how like brutal how brutal would that be for Yankees fans if like that's how they lost like Judge and Stanton was like in a completely unnecessary brawl. Like you're the best team in baseball. Like, you have no reason to get pissed at anybody. And then, like, a brawl, yeah. and all of a sudden, like, you get guys suspended, and then, like, you have, like, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, like, miss time. Because, like, also, as we know, once Stanton and Judge get hurt, they're just never the same the rest of the year. It's just game over. True. Yeah. So. All right. That is what happens. Well, let's make those fights happen. I'm speaking it into existence. Um, I love a good brawl. Need it. Like, I know that, like, MLB has to suspend people. And, like, yeah, you have but, to. But it's totally good for the product. Yeah, Jesse Winker double bird to the fans as he's walking out. I mean, that's great. That's huge fuck you energy, and I love it. Uh, and you know, it gives me a reason to care about pizza. Absolutely. See, what the, what a wild what a wild day for Jesse Winker. Yeah. Um. By the way, I don't know if you saw the story. This is my last note, and then we'll sign off. Um. There was a little girl last year who went to a Reds game and wanted to see Joey Votto and Votto got ejected and she was very sad and they ended up doing like a fun little meet and greet. Well, she happened to be at this game in Seattle because she wanted to see Suarez and Winker only to watch Mm -hmm. them get ejected, Uh, which also very sad. Obviously the little girl's very upset, but also fucking incredible and hilarious that she happened to be at the the fucking game where like her hero, Jesse Winker is just like, watch this kid. Like, absolute disrespect yeah, by the way like i know you know she's like seven so you're you know you're encouraging that but like right. if i was like 16 i'd be like jesse winker is my man and i love jesse winker like he did an interview on mlb network during the uh, all-star game last year and like night like honestly really soft-spoken nice guy so seeing him like lose his shit like he must be the guy that like bottles it and then like when it comes yeah. out you're just like oh fuck like, we pissed off jesse winker holy shit definitely definitely so, that kind of guy yeah well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for today on WinPod Repeat. As always, Sam Anthony, Spencer Wellington, we're here every week talking socks. Follow us on Twitter at WinPod Repeat. Um, we're out there talking socks. Tweet at us, tell us what you love, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Happy uh, Happy Fourth to all the fans out there. Uh, enjoy your cooking yeah. outs and uh, watch the socks. Watch the socks, exactly. You got the day off, holiday, enjoy it. <laughs>